It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Susan Smith and I had a wonderful conversation catching up on how Stitch by Susan continues to grow. She is so busy helping long-arm quilters to create with confidence, freedom, and joy. And I was so occupied asking her about her classes that I failed to ask her about her monthly membership, Advance. Susan knows that machine quilting can be very solitary, especially on a long arm. It's just not that easy to pack up your machine and head to a friend's house for the day, right? But she also knows it's important to have that community to share ideas and tips, encouragement and motivation. So she has created Advance, which is a membership for quilters who want to learn, grow, and advance in their skill and confidence. If you're a long-arm quilter looking for that community, check out Susan's website to find out more. Susan, thank you so, so much for doing this interview. I am so excited to hear what you've been up to since we last spoke. Thanks for inviting me, Paula. It's a real pleasure to get a chance to visit with you again. I can't believe it's been this long. How long has it been? Two years or thereabouts? Right around there. Two to two and a half years, I think. Okay. It's crazy. Last time we spoke, you were doing some cycling and cooking. Your cooking was for large groups as your hobbies. I was wondering, do you still have time for these hobbies with everything else you're doing? I do still manage to squeeze out a little bit of time. And, you know, for your listeners who maybe don't recall what I do, at the time we spoke before, I was a a full-time long-arm quilter doing quilting for other people for hire. So they bring me their piece tops and I would put the layers together on my long-arm machine and do the quilting. And so that has changed and flexed a little bit, which we'll talk about more as we go along. But the short answer to your question is, yes, I do still find time for my hobbies. And maybe more accurately, I make time for them. It's all too easy when you're running your own business, you know, to get entirely wrapped up in it and for it to seem to take up all your days and weekends and there's never a moment off. But I really do try to set aside times for some of these hobbies that I love. The cooking for large groups in particular, that just happens to be our church's summer youth and children's camps. And so each summer I take a week for each of those camps and it can be anywhere from 130 to I think I've done up to about 250 people in total, three meals a day for five days. So it's a lot of food, but I love doing it. It's just totally different from how I usually spend my weeks. Not only fixing the food and having it prepared, but calculating the food. Do you have to do all that too? I do. And I don't, in fact, do all of the fixing. I always have a team, right? But I am the one who finds the recipes, plans the quantities, does the shopping etc. So I love that kind of stuff. It's a bit mathematical. I found a wonderful app that I keep my recipes in and it does the multiplication for me. And so I just need to know a casserole of this size will feed this many people. And then I can figure it out pretty easily from there. There's an app for everything, isn't there? (laughs) There is very nearly. And I think this app cost me $3.99, but it's the best $3.99 I ever spent. 
And with your cycling, is there some special route that you've taken lately? Well, to be perfectly honest, Paula, this past summer, like we're recording this in late fall, I did less cycling this summer than I have some other years, but I am fortunate to have some great routes nearby me within, you know, 15 or 20 minutes drive at the most. There's one practically out my back door. And then there's another that's about 20 minutes away that goes along the Spokane River for miles. And it's just beautiful and peaceful and wonderful. But this year, actually, I've dabbled more into doing yoga. It's just I've felt the need for stretching more as I get older and some strength training and some relaxation. And it seems to answer all those things. So I've done more of that than ever before. I've heard so much about how good yoga is for us. And that's something I probably should be looking into. Well, I tell you what, there's an app for that, too. (laughs) (laughs) That was the next question was, have you started any new hobbies? So I take it yoga is one. Yoga is one. Otherwise, I don't think so. I don't seem to have any shortage of things that I like doing. You know, I volunteer for various things in my church and community and, you know, do various types of handwork. Some of them have to do with quilting, like hand embroidery, for example. I've hand embroidered several quilts. I enjoy crocheting, those sorts of things. And I'm an avid reader, so I do a lot of reading. I'm going to move on to, I saw that you are a member of the Bernina event team. And that was a new term that I heard or read. So could you explain what the Bernina event team is? Sure. I think we're named so to distinguish us from their full-time employees who are educators, who either work in their head offices or who perhaps record some of their courses and material or in some way are full-time teachers. So Event team members are part-timers. We're independent contractors and we travel under Bernina's auspices and they make the travel engagements for us too. One of two things. One is quilt shows and trade show type things. So where we have a booth and we're showing the machine and its features and et cetera. And I always work in the long arm booth, not surprisingly. And then secondly, we also travel to dealerships and offer classes there that are geared toward people who don't yet own machines. And it's kind of an introductory class, just showing some of the features, some of the things we can do. And it's a bit of a sampler. You do a number of different skills and things throughout a several hour class. Interesting. Now, how did you become part of that team? Well, it began with an application on my part. Bernina, as do many other manufacturers or vendors in the quilting industry, They have ambassadors and ambassadors is kind of a revolving door of new creators or artists coming in. And for a period of time, they will showcase projects that, you know, again, showcase the machine that they're working on, perhaps write some blog posts or submit some original patterns or designs. And so I applied for that position for a year and then they reached out to me and said, oh, hey, would you be interested in traveling and doing these teaching engagements that I've described? And I jumped at the chance. I've never had an opportunity to travel to very many quilt shows. So that was really fun. You kind of explained that you get to travel for them and you told what you kind of do. So how often do you travel for Bernina? As an independent contractor, I get to decide some of that for myself. So they offer me 
you know, there's an upcoming event we'd like you to teach at, and it's these dates in this location, do you accept? And so for my personal time management, I tend to limit it to one or two times per month that I travel. So I know there are educators that travel more or independent contractors either way. And I know there are also some who travel less. So that varies a bit. But in my case, it's once or twice a month as a rule. That's still quite a bit. It is. But to me, it's a golden opportunity. Like I said, I've not in my lifetime lived either near to, you know, accessible to shows and classes. And honestly, I haven't been involved in the quilting industry for that many years. So I'm just having a ball getting out there and meeting people and seeing things firsthand, certainly meeting people that I quote unquote know online and have had interactions with. It is just so enjoyable to get out and actually meet those people face to face. So I'm really enjoying it. With that, you just returned from Quilt Festival. Was that part of the Bernina? Yes, yes, it was. So most of our educational team, whether educators, independent contractors, event team members, most of the team is at the Houston Quilt Festival. There must have been close to 30, I would say, representing Bernina. So, you know, there's a group of us in the long arm booth. There's a group that present on the sergers. There's a group with the sewing machines, etc. So it's a lot of people, a lot of machines that are there. But yes, I went as representative of Bernina. And, you know, we all come and we tend to wear the Bernina colors. So you saw a lot of red and black and gray going on. And really, we just are there on the show floor mingling with people who have questions, with people who want to see how the machines work, even with people who are comparing various brands. And so it's a very, I guess, a low key, but just kind of showing what our machines can do and then being available to answer questions and help people know what features are available and what features are important to them based on what kind of quilting they do. Are they a hobby quilter? Are they a business quilter? Are they an art quilter? That can span a broad array of needs in a machine. Well, I know you went there to promote Bernina, but did you come away having learned something new this time? Oh my goodness, yes. We kind of joked among us. I think there were six of us working in the long arm booth. We would each say to each other when we needed to run to the restroom, you know, back in three minutes, and we would take a different route every time so that you could see as many of the vendors as possible. So that was one thing. But then also being vendors, we were able to enter the building earlier in the morning before the public came in. And so that was my opportunity to get onto the quilt show floor where all the beautiful, beautiful quilts were hanging and really have a chance to linger over them and get up kind of close and personal to them and see what people are creating. And I think what struck me most was the variety all kinds of styles, you know, from the very traditional to the very contemporary to the very unusual techniques to the very unusual fibers and textiles. Like it just spanned this huge variety of quilts. And I really, really enjoyed that. And there's just no comparison to seeing it in person. Pictures just don't do it justice. How exciting. I keep saying someday I'll get there. It's an opportunity not to be missed. If you have a chance to go, there is so much to see. And the work of other quilt makers is so incredibly inspiring. I just can't even count how many quilts I looked at. And I consider myself a fairly 
skilled sewist. I've been making things with fabric all my life. But I looked at them and thought, how did they do that? People's creative minds are amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, not only are you promoting Bernina, but you have your own business where you have at least three courses that you offer. Can you list those courses and explain each one, please? Sure. So this portion of my business, Paula, we said earlier when you and I talked in our first conversation two and a half or so years ago, I was just getting started teaching in some way. And so this was about the time, honestly, that COVID was settling in for the long stay, was about the time I felt like I was ready to start showing what I knew and helping others in their quilting journey. And of course, I couldn't at that point travel to quilt shows and teach. So all my digital or online courses were born out of that, that feeling like I had something to share, but not having a platform to share it on. And so I was kind of corralled into this idea of doing digital offerings and also people who are quilt makers, which, you know, five years ago, a lot of the demographic that's 55 and up maybe didn't know how to attend a live Zoom class or didn't know how to log into an on-demand course, but many of them do now. So the timing was just right. And I kind of dove into that with both feet and started creating online material. So this took a couple of directions. My YouTube channel began growing right about then. And then I produced these several courses that you've talked about. And the first one that I did, I call it Freehand Primer. And it's this relationship that I see between handwriting skills and free motion quilting skills. I think they are so much the same in how we learn them and in how our muscle memory grows and in how learning certain basic shapes well can elevate all of our quilting. So that was my first course and it still exists to this day. But after that, you know, I kind of saw how much bigger the scope of this could be. And now my flagship, I guess you would say, course is called the Freehand Quilting Masterclass. And it includes that primer, but also includes five more major modules. So it's a number of hours of instruction. My style of quilting is very much family use quilts, or I call them couch quilts. So not highly detailed heirloom custom quilting, not different things in each block or border, but the idea of quilting the same thing from one edge to the other of a quilt surface and making it beautiful. So the whole course revolves around A, building your skill set and your control at the machine, B, learning a whole repertoire of designs that will cover every eventuality from little princess girls through teenage boys through hunter men through contemporary styles, this whole repertoire, and then C, learning how to approach what makes a good freehand design, learning how to move around the quilt top, learning how to make it memorable and repeatable so that each of my students is then able to create their own original designs from things they see, like upholstery fabric or wallpaper or tile floors, right? That spark ideas. So that has been incredibly rewarding. And in the process of all of that, Paula, I feel like I've found my niche as a teacher, which is helping novice, maybe not always novice quilters, but at least novice free motion quilters find skill and find confidence and therefore find freedom and joy in their quilting creations. 
I've launched that course, if you will, a couple of times every year for the last three years, and then walked these groups, I call them knots, these knots of students through all the material. You know, we have some live Zoom sessions to support and so forth. And it has been just incredibly rewarding. And talking of the Houston Quilt Festival, I was amazed how many people walked up to the booth and said, I know you, can I take my picture with you? That feels so odd to me, (laughs) but it was really fun to get to meet so many of these students in person. Well, that doesn't surprise me because I don't know how many people I have interviewed that are long armors. So then obviously I say, do you know Susan Smith? And they're like, oh, yes, I watch her all the time where I've taken her course. So, yes, I think you are well known. Well, it has been like I said, super rewarding. And I feel like, you know, the course is one thing that is a paid course. It's large to some people that's more than they want to commit to. And so my YouTube channel does work hand in glove with that. And what my channel has become is quite a bit more live streaming of actual quilting than pre-recorded and edited teaching type episodes. So I'll give you an example. I have live and unscripted episodes, I call them, where it's literally aired or streamed live. And I'll start with the loading up of the quilt onto the long arm. And then I'll kind of chat while I'm working. It's usually a client quilt. So I'll chat about the thread colors that I'm choosing or the batting that I'm using, or maybe this quilt has thick seams or wavy borders or some of those common things we find in quilts. And here's what I'm doing to deal with that, et cetera. And the things that happen, like the thread breaks or the tension issues throughout, they're all part of it. I don't edit that out. It is literally streamed live all the way through the end of the project. And the feedback on this is so good because I think there was a need for that. Quilters were feeling that it looks so perfect sometimes when it's pre-recorded and edited and or it's sped up and you just see snippets of it. And this quilting reality show, as I call it, People just really appreciate that honest look into how things are actually done in my studio. Do I know the right way to do everything? Have I got experience with everything? No, I don't. And sometimes I talk about that too. So it just seems to really strike a chord in quilters. And of course, because they're aired live, people can ask questions during the live show and I answer them while I'm working and we just have a great time. Yeah, everyone seems to enjoy those. Over the past two years, have your courses changed? Other than I began with the one small one, kind of learning the technical skills, if you will, of recording it and particularly of trying to video a long arm machine at work. And, you know, if you've never tried to do that, maybe you don't appreciate the difficulties of it. But one of them is getting a camera angle that's helpful to the student because it's impossible to record it from where I'm viewing it as a quilter. So that's one thing. And another is the fact that if you attach a camera anywhere on the machine, it vibrates. That machine arm has a significant amount of vibration. So these are the sorts of things I was learning with that first course and how to get the best possible results. So then I developed my full-fledged course, and that one has not honestly changed to date. There will come a day probably when I say, yeah, I've learned enough new skills. It's time to re-record. I can really polish it up better, et cetera. But so far, I have just run the same course over and over again. There's still lots and lots of people that are appreciating it. And we're having a lot of fun doing it as is. Great. 
Do you plan to add any additional courses to what you're already doing? I think probably yes. I don't know for sure which direction I'm going to go in yet, Paula. Something that I also am seeing interest in is people have watched me build a viable business out of this. And I laugh, I call it my solopreneurship because I still am a one woman team. That's not to say I don't have help. My husband helps a great deal on the digital side and I have a part-timer who helps me somewhat with social media. But by and large, it's my business. I'm the person that answers the emails. I'm the person that does behind the scenes scheduling and record keeping and so forth. But I'm getting a lot more questions from people. How do you do that? How do you decide what's important? How do you get it all done? Or where should I start if I want to open a quilting business? Or how should I price my services? All kinds of business-related questions. So I'm beginning gradually to produce more content that leans into those questions. And I think I'm not going to box myself into a corner, but I think in the future, that might be a course that I would explore how in-depth it will go, how big it will be. I don't know all of those things yet, but I do see the interest and the need for that. Just some ABCs of building your own profitable business. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your YouTube channel. Now that's been going on for quite a while. What can we expect to see when we go to your channel? So far, What you will see the most is my live and unscripted episodes, which are typically longer live streams, probably an hour and a half. I think the longest one I did was close to five hours. And that was way too long. Let me tell you, without a bathroom break. But most of them run two to three hours. So there's a lot of those. And I do have some pre-recorded ones. And I'm trying to brush up on those skills. That is a whole other skill set. I mean, you would know this to some degree, Paula, because you edit the podcast. But editing video is a skill set that I don't currently have, or at least let's say I'd have it at a first grade level. So that's something I would like to do more of in the future so that you could produce perhaps a mini series, maybe on business topics or maybe on, you know, knowing the tension of your machine or any number of topics that would suit themselves to a pre-recorded episode. So I'd like to do more of that. And then recently what I've been doing is Whenever I'm getting ready to launch another sale, like to open enrollment for my course, I'll spend a period of a few weeks, usually about a month leading up to it, where I will get on YouTube live every single day. And I'll pick topics that surround machine quilting and I'll solicit people to submit topics as well, questions that they have. And then I'll just get on and have a casual chat. And again, if people are able to tune in live, they can ask questions right there on the spot and I'll answer them. It seems like that's not what we used to see on YouTube. It was very much more prepared and polished videos. But this growing need, I feel like, in people for feeling that interaction and that one-on-one and you're touching my pain points, it seems to really answer that and has been received really, really well. I've heard that YouTube is the largest actual browser out there. So I know in the podcast world... It's been very strong to encourage us to get on YouTube. I can see that being true. You know, more and more people, I watch how I do things. You know, when I want to learn something, when I have a question about how to do something, that is typically where I go and type in my query, type in a few keywords. I'd like to know how to X, Y, Z, and almost always there's a video about it. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. You have the podcast Measure Twice, Cut Once. I noticed it's been a little while since I saw an episode come out. Are you continuing the podcast or has that been put aside? Such a great question, Paula. Difficult one to answer. <laughs> it certainly is in a hiatus right now. I just, you know, again, being the solopreneur and all these things rely on me for release dates and for deadlines and so forth. I just was getting a little overwhelmed. And so the podcast was the thing that I chose to take a break on for a while. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope to come back to it one day. But at this point, what I have settled for doing is taking all the episodes that were originally just released as audio podcasts, and I'm now re-releasing them on YouTube. So they are still audio in the sense that there isn't a video of me and my guests talking, but there are quilting pictures with them and they are all closed captioned. And so for those who prefer to read along or be able to at least glance up and read along on the screen, those are all coming out on YouTube now too, which has a podcast playlist option. It's another YouTube feature that's pretty new. So that's what I've been doing with all my existing episodes. I do hope one day to get back at it. I meet so many people and think, oh, they would be an awesome podcast guest. But there are only so many hours in the day and there is only one of me. So there's a limit to what I can do. Oh, so true. So true. And I don't know if everybody knows that A Quilter's Life has a YouTube channel also. So I have been putting out older episodes on my channel also. It's a really great idea because people do have their favorite platforms that they go to, right, to find easy listening material. And so now that YouTube does have the podcast playlist option, it's a very useful tool. Yeah. I saw that you hired a coach and it looks like your business has grown quite a bit. Can you tell me about that? Sure. I did. I hired a business coach. Her name is Tracy Beavers. She can be found online and I believe she has a YouTube channel as well. And this for me is a periodic thing. So she works with me in kind of groups of sessions. As with so many things, it's difficult to quantify exactly what the return is. But the reason I did it was because I really felt like I could benefit from an outside objective viewpoint on things like where I am spending my time or the types of things that I am prioritizing. And I kind of came to this point where I was doing so many things that I didn't feel like I was doing them all well. And so it was really helpful to have another business entrepreneurial mind to apply to this and say, okay, let's look realistically at this. Like what can you feasibly accomplish? What can you maybe let go or postpone or leave for later? So she was so beneficial in that way. And she just really does have a gift for asking the questions that get you thinking and help you to make some decisions. The interview I watched with you and her on it, it sounded like she was able to help you out so much. Very, very much. And I know she coaches a number of people in lots of different types of work, different lines of work. I don't know how many quilters she's got. She's not a quilter herself. But the thing is, I wasn't looking for help in quilting, right? I was looking for help in organizing my time in useful time management tools and in, as I said, in prioritizing. 
And I found her to be so helpful in that way. And then too, just because she is an entrepreneur also, we get swapping ideas about perhaps what apps we use or what programs we use or spreadsheets that we've drawn up that are helpful to us in our business and share. So there's real benefit to having someone like that. And I've kind of done it in two ways. One is with a paid coach, as Tracy is for me, but also I've worked at different times with what one friend affectionately terms an accountability buddy. And basically, this is just someone where we've set up a scheduled time to talk, usually on a weekly basis. And we just bounce our ideas off each other. And neither one of us is paying the other for the services. It's just two people who are both trying to grow their business and suffering some of the same growing pains, perhaps, have some of the same questions, perhaps, but maybe have different experiences that we can bring to bear and help each other. So I've done that over time with a couple of different other women, some in the same industry as me, quilting, and some not. And it's been really, really beneficial just to get that objective viewpoint from someone else. Mm-hmm. Susan, is there anything else that you would like to share with us? You know, I think I want to share encouragement to anyone who's wondering whether you're in the quilting field as you and I are and wondering, can I do this? You know, in my world, it's can I free motion quilt? The answer is absolutely yes, you can. But maybe your question is, can I start a podcast or can I operate my own business out of my home? And I just want to share encouragement. If you have that dream and you want to do it, do it. Dive in. Find people who know. Find places you can learn. Ask the questions. I don't think there's ever been a time before this where information is so accessible and is so at our fingertips. Anything that you want to learn how to do, you can do. Even I can learn how to edit simple videos. I'm just living proof. You can learn. Susan, share again where you can be found. So my name is Susan Smith, but across all social media, YouTube, etc., I am Stitched by Susan. So website, stitchedbysusan.com, Instagram, at stitchedbysusan, and so forth. Great. And that will also be on your show notes, which I tend to call them episode page on aquilterslife.com. So they can find you there also. Susan. I just want to thank you so much. You have no idea what a mentor you have been to me for my podcast and have helped me out so much. I love listening to your podcast and I just want to thank you so, so much for all the help you've been to me. Well, I appreciate that, Paula, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about what it is that I do. And I think that's a hallmark really of the quilting community is literally the community. All of us are willing, those of us who are able, we want to help each other. And isn't the old saying, a rising tide raises all ships? I really believe that to be true. It's not each for our own. We're each there to help each other. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so true. Thank you so much. Thanks, Paula, for having me. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, 
through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening. Thank you.